Welcome to our podcast, Doing It Right. This podcast reveals authentic stories from successful leaders doing it right. It's about their journey to become a leader, their choices, motivations, and lessons. In essence, how they built successful personal brands. Your host is Valerie Sokolowski, author of eight leadership books and nationally known as an authority on executive presence and personal branding. Let's get started. Here's Valerie. So welcome again. And as always, I have my coffee. Do you? Let's get started and let's chat. I first of all want to thank my wardrobe people. First of all, Betty Ryder at Preston Center. You'll know the store because it's got a red door. Didn't know that was a rhyme. <laughs> and Gems of Japur. I have to show you this. These are all real. Now, not only are the jewelry just all gorgeous, but there's a mission behind it because the jewelry sales go to a mission and that is to feed the leper community in India. So jewelry with a purpose is what I would say. And you can see how to contact this wonderful woman and get some of the jewelry for yourself. Let me tell you about the show today. I'm so excited. Jeff Crilly is a friend of mine and owns these studios. I had Jeff on the show early on. You know I'm in the third year now. I can't even believe it. And early on, Jeff was on the show, and he talked about what he was doing starting the business. And I said, Jeff, it's time to come back, because I now want to talk about you, you, the man, because you're so authentic. You have never, ever altered your integrity in all the years I've known you. And that's worth a story. Welcome, Jeff. Welcome. Hey, I'm so thrilled to be here. And uh, yes, I got to tell a story about how Valerie and I met. Okay. I was giving a speech over by the airport and uh, talked for about 45 minutes. And you politely kind of waited and waited and waited. And finally, you came up to me and you said, I don't even know if I need a PR firm, but can we be friends? Do you remember this? <laughs> I <do. laughs> And I loved our rapport from day one. Oh. And, and who knew that it would lead to a, a television show? And, uh, no. you know, your career is going you know skyrocketing and so, you know you yeah. you had just started the studio in fact this i now call it my studio because this is you the should place that i started <laughs> but you said to me and i'll never forget this this talks about his integrity and and his heart more importantly his heart that leads to the integrity which is you said to me jeff valerie you used to be in broadcasting how many years ago <laughs> then i said oh yes and i did love it and you said, well, why don't you get back and do a podcast? And I said, what's that? <laughs> <laughs> well, what makes Valerie so great is she is completely um, natural. Like you are Thank you. exactly on TV as you are in real life. And I think some people get on TV and they pretend to be Diane Sawyer or somebody else. And, and she's the real deal, folks. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you bet. Well, talking about the real deal. So let's just start with where you are now. Mm -hmm. and where you came from business-wise, and then I'm going to ask you some very interesting questions. Okay. So just take us back in 2008, yep. when you started this business. How did it happen? So 2008, I'd, I'd written this book, um, went around like a crazy man, sold 70,000 copies of this book through speeches, and finally uh, got the courage up to quit my day job at Fox 4, where I w had been a reporter for 15 years and then 10 years of TV before that. 
quit, very scary thing to do to, you know, it's, I, I liken it to the lion in the woods versus the lion at the zoo. The lion at the zoo gets a stake at 10 and two. The, the lion in the, in the jungle has to learn how to hunt to, to eat. Great so, story. so, uh, you know, I started it in, at my home and I remember the, the prospective client would always say, "Well, should we meet at your office or mine?" And I was like, "No, let's let's meet at your office. I want to I want to know what I'm promoting." Uh, I think now that they were actually kind of testing me to see if I was like a real PR for, uh, because if I you know if I was a real PR firm, I'd have no problem inviting them. Right. Them to, Where's your office? Yeah. Where's your office? You don't do that anymore, by the way, do we? Uh, so for the first couple years of the life of the company, we did not have an office, and I remember my daughter Sarah, who's now my vice president, uh, would jump in my little t-bird and we would drive around to starbucks and uh you know run this little company and uh then we started hiring people and now we take up eight thousand square feet at lincoln center we're doing something like 90 different tv shows a month for a total of uh you know 300 episodes a month mm. uh we've got uh on paper something like 140 clients uh uh, 90 of them have TV shows and then the other 50 want to get on the news. Mm -hmm. And so I'm in, incredibly blessed because I have this amazing team. I call it a thank God it's Monday company. What does that mean? Thank God it's Monday. Uh, most people say thank God it's Friday. Uh, we have a company where everybody loves each other. And one of my favorite things that happens during the day is uh, lunchtime because we have food catered in for my 20 plus another 10 or so. And I always leave the door to my office open because in the break room, uh, all the employees are gathering and eating and laughing. And the laughter gets so loud sometimes, I'm tempted to close the door because I'm often, you know, entertaining someone. Uh, but I say to myself, no, don't close the door. I want mm. people to know how happy a company this is. Mm. And so I feel like my primary job here is to be the gatekeeper. I'm the person who lets the clients in mm. and I'm the person who lets the employees in. And one bad employee can, you know, ruin the vibe and the same thing with with clients and so i'm very careful about uh weeding the garden and making sure all i'm doing is bringing in cool people and um i'm i i, I would say knock on wood so far i've been very successful yes you have it's an incredible story and entrepreneurs i really want you to listen to some of the things you know i always ask about your lessons learned which we'll get to as we go along i have a question just about that jeff before we get into the you which is how do you reward employees? Like my wonderful producer, Derek, Derek is sitting back here and you've got people out in the back that are doing stuff. Um, that's a lot to do and people wanna feel valued. Yes. So how do you do that? So for, I, I've taken the role of, um, I'm the guy who gives out the compliments and I've complimented Derek many, many times. In fact, if someone, someone one of the clients says, oh my goodness, uh, Derek was amazing. I'm always try to make a point of going up to Derek and saying, hey, um, I heard great things about this episode. I haven't had a chance to watch it yet, but thank you for moving heaven and, and earth to make it happen for the client. Uh, I've hired a bunch of pleasers and so we all kind of work for praise. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they're, I think they're most all, of us want to feel right, valued, right? right? So we're all like little puppy dogs. Pet me, praise me. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> when I do good. Right, right, right exactly. Uh, and then we also have some team building stuff. So in addition to, I, mean, I guess, you know, how do I reward uh, employees? I think the, the everyday catering thing is a, is a nice 
perk. Um, I don't know how For many sure. companies do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also have team building uh, Fridays, and so like once a month. Uh, and I'm not in charge of picking the event. You know, nobody wants to go to the boss's thing. So the employees pick their own activity, whether it's top golf or bowling or something fun. And um, and there's team building, and the boss pays for it. And so, um, yeah, I think I think my primary job is to to pass out praise. And you do that. I try to. Even I try to those to. of us that do the shows. Yeah. You're always well, saying you. good show or have you thought about and I value that feedback. That's great. So you're very successful. Thank you. Jeff, how do, what do you attribute your success to? A thousand percent the team. Um, there, there were times in the life of the company when, when this company was a sick company. I remember there was a hmm. time when, when there was seven employees and we weren't getting along and we had to bring in a workplace culture person to get seven people to get along. And the truth was it was just one employee who just wasn't a good fit. Hmm. And I remember uh, kind of tolerating it. And then one morning I'm walking across the Uh, the parking lot to come to work and I got this little knot in my stomach I was anxious and I said to myself I don't want to come to work today and even hearing myself say that I was like wow Wow. if the boss doesn't want to come to work at his own company this is a very sick company and that was when I woke up and I said I need to take my company back whatever it takes Mm -hmm. Uh, in fact I'll tell a, a fun story so I was um, my wife and I were going to Spain and, uh, I, I'm, I'm not the guy who fires people at the company. I just, you know, people have left the company, but I'm not the guy who does it. Right. And so my then vice president, um, uh, was running the company. I'm just owning the company. And so I said to my then vice president, by the time I get back from Spain, this employee needs to be gone. And so I assumed that she would do it sometime during the two week period, um, that my wife and I were in Spain were, um, in the plane about to take off they're telling us to shut down our phones and right right, right before right before i shut down my phone i got a one word text from my then vice president it just said done oh my goodness i just was so elated and then it's funny because i come back two weeks later to a completely different company oh it was a completely different company. It was a happy, happy little company. And, and I, I learned a lesson. It was like, man, just just really be mindful, Jeff, because there's a vibe that happens at every company. And sometimes it can be a happy vibe and sometimes it can be a, a toxic vibe. Mm-hmm. And you have to be mindful and never let yourself... Um, be hijacked by a bad employee and i think a lot and this there's a lesson here there's a good lesson here you know let's suppose uh you're a company owner and you have a hotshot salesperson yes and this hotshot salesperson is just killing it every month making a company a bunch of money Mm -hmm. but this hotshot salesperson is also rude a little bit of a workplace bully uh what the boss will often do is say well this you know, this guy's my top salesperson. They're bringing in all this cash. I, right. I got to I got to keep him. What, what would I do without him? Mm-hmm. But the, the lesson is, you know what? You can find another salesperson who can step into those shoes. Uh, they may not be as good as the, the rock star that was yeah. a bully that you're escorting out of the building, <laughs> but um, you will soon make it up. 
because the company will be a happier place and there'll be fewer people leaving and the attrition rate will go down. And we're at a, a unique time in the economy where pretty much if, if you can fog a mirror, you've got a job, right? <laughs> let's, yes, and let's, yet right? people don't want them. Yeah, Isn't I know, that interesting? I know, I know. But, but for bosses everywhere, uh, you really have to be mindful of how happy are you keeping your, keeping your employees because if they're not happy, um, they'll leave on you. And think about all of the wisdom and institutional um learning that happened to get them up to speed from the from like let's take derek for example he's an amazing employee uh he's learned you know he came in with a, a skill set in the last few years that he's been with us he's learned so much more he's got rapport uh if derek decided he wasn't happy here and left you would be very sad i would he's be your really producer sad. right yes. and so um you know shame on me jeff Crilly, if i allow uh, employees to get upset and leave because talented employees need to stay in place that is so true people are looking for not just bodies but competent people yes that share the values absolutely how do you handle something that uh, maybe an employee made a mistake or didn't do their wonderful stuff? So um, Josh, who is my head of operations, uh, what some people don't know is he has a, a master's degree in conflict resolution from SMU. Oh, that helps. Yeah, he, he <laughs> actually is a, uh, a brilliant mind when it comes to choosing the right words to convey information. Mm -hmm. And so if an employee messes up, it's not me who's running over and saying, hey, why did you mess up? Mm -hmm. um, it's Josh coming over and Josh is a great, I'm gonna call not a manager, but a mentor. And so he, he, he comes over in a very nice way mm -hmm. and say, hey, let's let's talk about you know this mistake. How did this mistake happen? What led up to the mistake? What are some uh, teachable moments here? You know, what can we learn from this? I mean, mistakes happen. We the get it. The word we yeah, uses yeah, we. Exactly. And um, uh, I think t together we all kind of sort out, okay, how do we troubleshoot this so it doesn't happen the next time? Um, and so uh, anyway, I love Josh um, for his heart and his ability to, to inspire people to mm -hmm. want to do well. Uh, I think if I have any leadership qualities at all is um, I think the employees like me and they they wouldn't want to disappoint me. They do. So, like so, so um, if I have any authority here at all, it's just, you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't want Jeff to ever be disappointed in me. And and there's some wisdom in that as well. If mm -hmm. you can if you can grow a company, um, a happy company right. where the employees respect the boss and want to do well for the boss and never want to be that employee that disappoints the boss. That's a good right? word. That's a good word. Because that's exactly what it is, kind of like a child with a parent. I'll never forget one of my children said, I just never want to disappoint you and dad. Mm. And that just touched my heart. So yes. the same thing can happen in a company. Absolutely. Jeff, let's go to you. Let's go to you. So I was born. <laughs> what I want to know is what kind of a family life did you have? And how did you, how did you build the the strong values that you have and demonstrate um so my dad uh is was a minister he's semi-retired living in waco with my oh. mom they're in their 80s and uh my dad is kind of the all-loving dad uh never raised his voice uh, in fact i think one of the reasons i'm so sensitive <laughs> is because i never heard raised voices 
That's pretty wonderful. Right. Right. And so uh, for me, criticism, it doesn't even have to be loud voices. Criticism to to my ears sounds like uh, fingernails on a blackboard. I just, well, I'm not used to, I'm not used to criticizing man. Everybody's supposed to love me, right? I'm little Jeffy from, from Detroit. Uh, so uh, I think my father's all loving uh, leadership inspired uh, the person that I want to be. I really want to mm. be like my dad, you know. Mm. How wonderful to have a role model. Not everyone does. So that's a blessing. Thank you. So he was a minister. Yeah. And how did that play out in your life? Uh, this is an interesting story. So, uh, my father was kind of moving up in the Presbyterian church and the race rights in Detroit were 1968. And, uh, my father had a choice to go to Denver or Detroit. Mm. And, uh, he chose Detroit because he felt like this city needed him. Denver, there was nothing going on in Denver, no problems at all. But, uh, what you saw on the news in 1968 was Detroit was burning down. They called it the national guard. Mm -hmm. And so my father, uh, decided to move the, the little kiddos. I was four at the time to Detroit. And because the church was buying a home for us, uh, he said, it, it's not fair to live in some, you know, suburb. Uh, we need to to live in the city proper. Oh my goodness! And so um, I lived at Seven Mile in Livernois, and to put that into perspective, Eminem, the rap artist, came out with a movie a few years ago about Eight Mile, and that was seen as a very dangerous uh, avenue. <laughs> well, <laughs> when I heard that, I was like. Eight mile, that was practically the suburbs because nine mile was the suburbs. Oh <laughs> I was like, try living at, at seven mile. Wow. <laughs> the only thing more dangerous than seven mile was six mile. Okay. <laughs> so so, so um, how it shaped me is if, if you took a picture of my kindergarten class, it was 50-50 white black. If you took a picture of my sixth grade class, I was one of two white kids in the entire school. Uh, there was a white flight to the suburbs. And uh, what it did for me was, one, I think it sharpened my skills on getting along, mm. right? If you're a minority in a school, you have to get along. Isn't that interesting? It's kind of reversing you're talking about. Yeah. Okay. And so I think everybody liked me. I never got beat up. <laughs> I was a well-liked uh, kid. And um, how it shaped me was even to this day, I can go into a minority community and feel very much at home. Mm -hmm. And people pick up on an energy. If you, if you, if you seem awkward, if your energy is mm -hmm. wrong, they, you know, a, a, a person of a different color would recognize or pick up on that. I'm completely comfortable in, uh, in a minority community. I really am. And, and so I appreciate my father for giving me that gift. Uh, I, it allows me, and, and during my news career, I had to float between neighborhoods sure. and, and, and talk to, you know, the person in the most dangerous neighborhood in Dallas or the person living in Highland Park, uh, and, and float between, um, you know, economic, uh, stratospheres, right? You know, Jeff, thank you for that. That's a, that's, that says it all. You've lived it. <laughs> you thank grew you. up with it and then you lived it out and you're still living it out. With the amount of tension that's going on now, let's just talk about that for a moment, um, and the divisiveness. You interview a ton of people, so do I. What are you sensing is happening positively to get rid of this ethnicity issue? Yes. 
What's working? I think it's and what isn't. Well, one, I um, I'm not a fan of what the media is doing, and I think the media is kind of stirring stuff up, and so uh, which media? The, you know, it's just, <laughs> well, when I was in the when I was in the news, uh, you only had to watch one channel to find out what was going on. Right. <laughs> now you you watch one channel and you're getting this slant. You're watching another channel, you're getting that slant, and so uh, I I would say the what is making things better is little conversations that are happening in every office every single day. It's not something that the government mandates. It's not something the media can tell you how to do. It really takes little interactions with uh, people of a different race. Informal. Informal. Not let's all get together yes. and talk. Yes. It's real. It's like, me and you. Like little kindnesses, right? right? Uh, no kidding. Just little kindnesses yeah. and courtesies and, and uh, recognizing uh, what Dr. King said so many years ago. Go, that it's we should not be judged by the color of our skin but the content of our character yeah. and I, I hope we can get back to that I, I hope uh, another I'm gonna call it a modern-day dr. King will emerge mm -hmm. that can help heal this nation because it is frightening what's going on and it does feel like um, you know I, I, I'm gonna share something with you I I remember at on the day of September 11th uh, for a brief moment, we were all united because the United States was being attacked. We and I remember people coming out of the buildings covered with ash. Mm -hmm. So you actually couldn't tell white, black, Hispanic, Asian. You didn't know their race. Mm -hmm. We were one country for a brief moment. And even lawmakers from both sides of the aisle kind of put aside their their partisan politics. And for a brief moment, we were united as a country. Mm -hmm. And um, unfortunately, that didn't last very long. Uh, you know, a few weeks after September 11th, again, we are pointing fingers and to another uh, ethnic uh, group or or political party or, you know, um, I mean, there's always it's it's um, I, I think in a in a way, God cries when he sees this happening. I bet right? he does. That, that uh, you know, how is it that you you people can't get it? Mm -hmm. I mean, we've been talking about this now for thousands of years that love your neighbor. And, um, and so it's, I think God cries. I bet he does. Well, we're going to, we're doing everything we can. You know what? One by one. I think that's a good message too. One person with one other person mm. can make a difference yes. because that ripple effect can go from those two people to more people to more people and it's just being it's just opening your heart and being real and you're right i think god cries so we want to make him happy <laughs> <laughs> what's something no one knows about you or very few what the, um i'm a hopeless romantic are so, you? So yeah. So you, you want know. to buy this for your wife? <laughs> <laughs> hey, I can. I can. <laughs> so uh, yeah, given the choice, I mean, some people, you know, would watch an action movie or a Star Wars sci-fi or something like that. I will take a romantic comedy every single day. Is that yes, right? I'm a hopeless romantic. Would you tell my husband? I'll say, no. you know, do we have to watch another blood and guts and CIA yeah. and war and? And I'm always. 
fascinated with the part of the movie where the uh, the spark turns into a flame. So in in most romantic comedies, you know the 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 boy and the girl hate each other initially. There's friction, yeah. right? right? And then you know it, eventually they're going to end up together. <laughs> and so that sparked like, wow! Oh, it's a they just kissed. Oh my goodness! The spark became a flame. <laughs> that, that's my thing. <laughs> if your wife were here, your beautiful wife, thank you. What would she say bugs her the most? about me yes um i'm not as tidy as she is uh she you know everything in the house has a place right the, 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 the mm -hmm. pillows go there there's a little dent on the pillow <laughs> <laughs> so, i'm i'm kind of a messy person and uh you know i've always been a messy person she allows me one room of the house which is my little study <laughs> and um i'm allowed to to uh, junk it up a little bit uh, but there's a limit and, and then shut and, the and, door and, yeah, and she'll say no 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 you're gonna you're gonna clean out your stuff <laughs> it's so, starting to creep under the door yeah, you better yeah. do something Jeff. But, i mean uh to her credit i love a neat home now and so oh, okay. now now uh, you know if i go into a home and there's chaos going on i'm thinking to myself how can they live like this but uh, actually that was how i used to live before i met victoria well he's trained she's trained she's trained me really well i think well. that's a good thing yeah <laughs> if you had three wishes for your uh, your life not your business. Your business is exploding and because Thank it's you. got such a, it's meeting a need. There's Thank absolutely you. true. It's Thank meeting you. a need. But for your life, what would be your three wishes? Uh, continued happiness. I mean, honestly, when people ask you, how are you happy? Mm -hmm. How happy are you one to 10? Um, I'm always at a 10 or 11. I really am. I, I mean, um, and you haven't always had it easy, Jeff. No, I mean, I, as you know, I wake up super early, get up every morning at five to begin my day. I used to get up at three. Don't, I don't recommend that. So, so now I get up at five and I send out an email that goes out to 34,000 journalists across the country. And it's a labor of love. And it's something that I do. It's my little crossword puzzle that I do. And it helps uh, keep the company going. Um, but I can honestly tell you, I have zero stress in my life, um, mm. I, and and that's a that's blessing to me. So so continued happiness. Um, um, I th I think the other two wishes would be for continued health and happiness for my wife, and continued health and happiness for my kids who both work for me. Mm -hmm. um, there, you know, I see my daughter and son every single day to be able to kind of grow this company together um, with a little spark in their eyes. Uh, you know, we have a thing where my daughter will call me when I'm on the tollway and, and she'll say, Daddy, it's going to be a great day. And I'll yeah. say, it's going to be the best day. Um, or my son will text me and say, it's, it's going to be a great day. And uh, you've instilled that. You've instilled you. that into them. Yeah. Well, for, for several years, I got divorced and the kids were up in Michigan. And so uh, I could not see them but four times a year. I'd have to go to Michigan to see them. So for about six years, I'm separated wow. from my kids. And I remember at one point, my daughter, who was very young, uh, maybe 11, would stand on her back porch and I'd stand on the back of my porch and she would point at a star and I would recognize the same star. It's, I think it comes from a Disney film. And we would just long to be with each other. Mm -hmm. And so I'm saying that because there's no such thing as a bad day. You know, when, when you're working with your kids every day, 
and mm -hmm. went from four times a year to every single day. Um, every day is a blessing and we never take it for granted. And there are times when we disagree with each other, um, went and have a healthy debate over how we should, you know, steer the company. Um, but uh, it's always done with a great deal of love and affection. And, and we, we pinch ourselves every day that we get to work with each other. Well, that's your lesson. Another lesson, which is your gratitude. Mm -hmm. But you didn't always have it just apple and pie, which yes. is what there's not one guest on the show that I've ever had, and you audience know that I only have successful people who are doing it right, but by that I mean who are living their values and demonstrating, observable, and, and uh, not being one thing one day and one thing another. And so when you instill that of who you are, then you put that into your children, and it becomes part of, part of, who they are. That's what's the most important. I, I've seen so many leaders, Jeff, who as they climb the ladder, they feel like, I guess, they have to become. They have to do things differently. They have to make stronger decisions with less input or whatever it is. So I, I, I bring that up because you've never done that and most of the people on the show haven't. We all know we need other people, and we all know what living our values looks like. And boy, if you go against that, if the gut doesn't hurt, there's something right, wrong. There's something wrong. Right, right. So um, you've had a lot of people on your Jeff Crilly show, the Jeff Crilly show. Is there one that stands out that was uh, that just really touched you? Yes. Uh, Nick Vujicic and uh, say that again Nick Vujicic and we can run a clip Derek will find a clip of, of him he is an amazing motivational speaker born without limbs born without arms and legs oh. and uh, he uh, and I had an instant bromance uh, we instantly loved each other uh, he goes around and you know speaks on big stages in front oh. of um, tens of thousands of yes. people and he's like a living proof that every mm. life is precious mm. and uh, his story was born without limbs parents raised him normally he goes to school he starts getting bullied by age 11 he's uh, about to commit suicide in the bathtub and for the grace of God he did not by age 16 his mom is sharing with him a newspaper article about another person with no arms and no legs who I think went on to become an artist or something like that and it caused him to have an epiphany mm -hmm. and say, wow, there's another person like me. Mm -hmm. So I can either you know, live the rest of my life feeling sorry for myself, or I can use it for good. And so he dedicated his life to the Lord and he goes off and reminds people, it doesn't matter that you got fired. It doesn't matter that you got a divorce. I mean, you, we've all have stuff and setbacks. Mm -hmm. And there's something magical, Valerie, about Nick saying it because people lean in and he's spoken all over the planet and sometimes there's a translator because he's speaking in a foreign country but everybody wants to hear his story sure. and i told him after we met i said i think god put you on the planet to unite the planet because you have this gift of people want to hear your story mm -hmm. if he could become one of the highest paid motivational speakers on the planet mm -hmm. with um the the um hand that was dealt him uh then uh, you know what am i complaining about 
Mm, and so, I mean, the, the, yeah, the, the, the great news is that we've become such good friends that he is going to take over one of our studios downstairs uh, and he's going to start doing a, a show um, and interviewing people and, and, and creating his own uh, television network. Does he know the name of it yet? I don't think he does. Okay. I think he's still he's still working on it, but we're going to renovate all the studio that you used to broadcast from right. downstairs. downstairs. Is, we're going to gut the whole thing. We're going to turn it into a big Oprah studio where you can fit 50 people in there, and we can go into the cafeteria with an intern and say, hey, Nick is going to interview Emmett in 15 minutes. Finish your salad. Come on in. Come to be in the audience for Nick. So real. Yeah. yeah. Just so real. So he, he's been um, a real gift. And I'll tell you one more story about Nick. So uh, I, I I gave him PR services. I said, look, I, I won't charge you. I'll be your publicist. And he says, okay, well, I've, that's, that's very generous of you, Jeff. I've got a, uh, I'm going to the Gaylord to be a part of the National uh, Religious Broadcasters event. Mm -hmm. And they brought in people from all over the planet and they had a big convention. And I was Nick's publicist. Well, in most cases, a publicist is trying to beg the media to come talk to their client. I was an order taker. I was pretty much saying, I can put you down between 10 and 10.30. No and, and so uh, just had a blast. He did 20 or 30 interviews, um, you know, everything from major networks to podcasters. But then uh, one day I'm, I'm there at the Gaylord with him and I'm standing all alone. And Nick is off um, posing for pictures with um, his fans. And I'm just standing there beaming. And these two evangelists came over to me and said, what is going on with you? I mean, you, why are you standing here smiling? And I said, well, what's not to love? I, I get to work with Nick and I get to work with my kids and I've got this cool company. And they're like, we just see the face of God on your face. I mean, oh, you're just, you're gosh. standing all alone and you're just radiating this joy. And, um, and I said, uh, wow, that's, wow, that's one of the highest compliments you could pay me. And they said, so tell me about your company. And I pulled out my phone and I started showing him them my shows. And they're like, this might be a God thing because we are thinking about a TV show. We didn't know how we would do it. Can we check out your studios? So they came over to see our studios. And then uh, two weeks later, they flew in from, I think, Florida to uh, do three or four shows. And uh, that was a that was totally a God thing you because bet it right is. they they just came up to me uh, yeah. and so I uh, that um, lesson I learned that day is you know you you do have a choice you can wake up with a smile on your face mm -hmm. or you can concentrate on the the you know everything that is lacking in your life uh, but uh, gosh we're we're all so blessed I mean. Mm -hmm. Any day above ground, they say, is a good day. And, uh, you know, we're not promised tomorrow. We're not promised this afternoon. And so live every life, every day to the fullest. And, and uh, I say radiate God's joy on your face. Isn't that beautiful? Thank you for putting it out there. Because what we do as human beings, what we put out there is either going to attract people or repel them. Yes. And... When you said there was that they said to you, there was something about your face. When someone says there's something about you that fill in the blank, you know you're coming from the right place. And you are, Jeff. And I, I want to just uh, add one more thing, and this is me telling you personally. Your company is, um, is such a unique gem within the industry because of all the things we've talked about. 
And I want the audience to know that <laughs> when Jeff says, would you allow me to handle your PR? He doesn't just say that and have you sign a contract and say, I hope I can get you some, maybe, when, what if. He's able to do it. And it's a gift. And let me go back to that. Because, yes, you are blessed and it is a God's gift to you and you are giving it out to the world. But I want to talk also about your talent because you've got a gift of tying in whatever a person does. It doesn't seem to matter what their industry is. You can find a connection to something on the news and make it happen. Let me give you an example. So you know that I have owned a leadership development firm for 25 years and I do training programs and executive coaching. All right, well, that's the ocean topic, right? So Jeff said to me, you know what? Uh, you have eight books and some of them are on business etiquette and image. So I'm gonna put you out there as the image and etiquette lady. And, and do you remember? I yes. kind of laughed and I also kind of thought, oh, well, that kind of sounds like it's coming down a little bit. I've really worked hard to get. And you said, oh, no, 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 trust me. And audience, he puts me out on news and I will get, this is the truth, I will get at least 10 national interviews across the country and then others that follow. Just little old me on image and etiquette stuff. So boy, you deliver. You're you kind. deliver. You're and very I... kind. And and Valerie makes me look good because uh, <laughs> you know, I can't tell you how many times she's been on the radio that I'm listening to her and saying, Wow, I would never have thought to say that. That was oh, brilliant. And sometimes an they, they ask you random questions, so you can't prepare for every question that they might ask you. So you do a, yeah. a great job and you make me look good. So thank, thank you. you. You're welcome. Back. Thanks for being on the show. I just had to have you back Aww. after let's see, you were on the very first year. Um, maybe four months into it. Wow. And you've grown so much. Thank you. So check him out. Real News Network. What's the address? So, so uh, Real News uh, PR is our main site. And there's the Real News Communications Network is our, our uh, podcast or broadcast division. So y'all come, you hear? <laughs> Jeff, thank, thank you. you. This was wonderful. It's been a joy. You bet. And you come back next week when we will have another fabulous guest. Check out Jewels by Japur. Japur gems. They're really beautiful. And Betty Ryder. This is my wardrobe, folks. See you next time. Thanks for listening. To receive Valerie's voice, free monthly leadership tips, and to learn more about her leadership programs and coaching, visit her website, ValerieAndCompany.com. Next week, we'll be here again to inspire, engage, and equip you with teachable points of view from successful leaders who have been doing it right. Until then, lead authentically.